Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to a bonus weekend episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. I've told you plenty of times that this year, one of the big narratives, one of the big stories will be 5G. But what exactly is 5G? Why do so many people think it's going to be so important? And when will it actually enter our lives? Well, I spoke to Peter Linder, the head of 5G marketing and evangelism at Ericsson. Here are all of the answers to your questions about 5G to prepare us for the Mobile World Congress, which is coming up later this month and where all of this 5G stuff is probably finally going to begin to happen. But first... We're being sponsored today by a company on a product that longtime listeners know I have used for years and cannot, literally cannot live or at least work without it. 1Password. 1Password combines industry-leading security with award-winning design to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. Companies lose hours every day just from employees forgetting and resetting passwords. A single data breach costs millions of dollars. 1Password secures every sign-in to save you time and money, any device, any time. 1Password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. I started using 1Password, what, a decade ago? Join me and over 100,000 businesses on board the 1Password bandwagon. Because right now, my listeners get Get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash ride. That's two free weeks at the number one, the word password, all one word, dot com slash ride. Onepassword.com slash ride. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you ka-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 30 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify transformed ResumeWriters.com from the spaghetti code backend I cobbled together in college to the world-class commerce platform it sits on today. And Shopify can do the same for your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ride. Okay, Ericsson's Peter Linder tells us everything you wanted to know about 5G, but were afraid to ask. 
So I've been talking um, last couple months about how one of the biggest stories this year for tech will be 5G finally coming into our lives. And we've been talking about how the rollout will probably begin in earnest at Mobile World Congress uh, later this month. Can you uh, give us just a, a little bit of a, maybe a, a preview? What, what should we expect from uh, MWC? Are we, are we going to finally get a look at the first 5G phones, I guess? Yeah, I think we can expect that. I think uh, what you can describe where we are right now with the market on 5G, we're a little bit like uh, the first semester when we went to college. So everybody's in, everybody's exciting, and uh, we sort of started to figure out what the first, first steps are. Uh, we saw some of the networks go uh, live late last year, and I think this year is very much about building the networks and uh, connecting them to exciting devices. So that's where I think a lot of the conversations will be in Barcelona. So let let me um, let me let, let's do a little bit of a history lesson. <laughs> um, we had two G, we had three G, and then four G. So. Tell me what the steps were, you know, like 2G was all the way back in just voice and, and even SMS and stuff. So give me a history lesson of how we've evolved to where we are now and then where 5G is taking us. Yeah, so I think that you, you've written a book about how the Internet happened. This is very much about <laughs> how the mobili mobility happened. So uh, 1G was very much when the phone was in the trunk and was very much uh, voice uh, focused. And the systems we had in different parts of the world was very different almost country by country. Uh, and it was predominantly business people that were using it, connecting to the rest of us. And then as we moved into 2G, 2G, I would say the big things was the phone got into your pocket. It started to become affordable for everybody, so it was not only business people. And uh, text came around, text or SMS. Uh, then when we moved to 3G, I think we had a lot of expectations. When 3G started, we talked about uh, the mobile internet, even though there was very teeny tiny screens on the phones, and we talked about video telephony. It didn't really come, across, come out that way, so it became a lot of like feature phones and all kinds of new capabilities built in, and we started to use data, uh, and we started to also use data cards. So uh, I think it was a little bit that came quite far down the road, and we started to see smartphones being introduced. And then the big thing with 4G has been very, like, very much down the same avenue. Uh, smartphones at one end, data connectivity and buckets are unlimited in the middle, and then uh, cloud-based uh, application centers at the other end. And we've now got to the point where essentially have penetrated a significant portion of the population. So then um, how is 5G different? I mean, we all have been, I think we all know that we're going to get faster speeds, but... Um, what even technically is different about 5G from 4G? There's a few things that um, I think what's different if you look at the drivers is very much that with uh, 5G, we have not only consumers, we have consumers, businesses, or cities in the driving seat for what we're going to use it for. So it's, it's not only a consumer-driven play. Uh, regarding what's different in the network, you can break down the differences in a few uh, key components. Today you have a tower out there, radio tower, uh, which is like very high masts, which providing this cellular connectivity for 4G. 5G, part of that functionality moves closer to the users in terms of smaller cells into sitting poles in the neighborhood. And parts of the radio functionality is moving up in the network. It's typically the baseband functionality where we're aggregating things together. 
And that kind of separation then creates a new segment of transport between those two locations, which we talk about as front wall. So that's very much what's going on at the radio end. Then at the core end, what is sitting at the other end, which is connecting out to the internet, that has been centralized to typically fairly few locations in a country like the United States. As we now talk about 5G, we talk about lower latency, and we talk about mobile edge computing or distributed clouds. So this functionality will partly be distributed closer and closer to the users to drive for the performance targets that we have. And to be and to be and clear, between these, when you uh, say when you say lower latency, you're saying that my phone I should I should no longer have any lag. If I if I want something from my phone, it should almost be instantaneous, like I'm using a, a local computing device. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's correct. So the it's it's being pushed out closer, uh, so that the the lag is going is going away. Uh, and for some applications which are lag critical, th this will be enabler for it to happen. But you can also see it uh, as opening up for new things. Today, everything is on the device, computing as well as um, power and, uh, and storage. Part of that can move now into the distributed cloud because assuming that you have a low latency connection to it, so the devices can become leaner, get longer battery life, and, um, and, and changes a little bit on that par paradigm. And that, I think, is the more strategic implication of the, um, the low latency networks. And is is 5G more expensive or even technically more difficult to roll out than, than 4G or even 3G was? I think it's going to be rolled out. I think I think it's not so much more expensive. Typically, each of these generation had been associated with the larger in, in investment cycle in the beginning for coverage, and then we have been reaping the benefits of it with capabilities for faster, faster speed with software down the road. What I think is different this time around is all previous generation has been built as an overlay network, meaning that when you had 2G, you built a whole new 3G network on top of it with the different types of nodes and functionality. Same happened with 4G. Now we get to 5G, it's going to be more integrated and tied together. So it's no longer uh, so, build, building on the, 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 the blocks of the past, like this is, this is a, a full move into the future. Well, you, you, well, I would say you're leveraging more of the things in the past. When, you, mm. when we had 3G and when you introduced 4G, all elements had new names and you essentially built a 4G network without any real connection to the 3G network on top of it. As we move to 5G, the, the paradox here is like when we move to 5G, it's both an evolution and a revolution at the same time. It's a revolution in the sense that the capabilities go up significantly. It's an evolution in the steps that we are introducing 5G as evolution steps for the different domains that the networks are uh, consisting of. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Um, wow me with some of the the amazing things we can expect from a 5G future. Let's start with uh, the the consumer side. Um, you know, like if what what am I looking forward to five years from now when, when 5G hopefully is, is ubiquitous where I live? I think that you uh, the things that you, you um you live. I think you can you can experience a, a few things. It's easy to talk about what it does in terms of speed and so. But I think it's easy to see where will it be different than where it is today. I think if you go to a sports venue, that 5G will be different in the sense that you you will have more capacity upstream, so you can live stream even when there's a lot of people. 
you can also, when you're at home, you can uh, stream video at higher quality to your devices because there's more capacity in the 5G network than we had with 4G. And I think we're going to see more streaming gaming over 5G networks that hasn't really been a significant factor. And actually, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah. I, I, I've been talking about that on the show a lot recently about everyone in the gaming industry wanting to move to streaming gaming. So is that is that because we potentially have greater bandwidth and you're talking about the lower latency and things like that than even I could get in my wired existing um, internet service providing uh, paradigm? I think that it, you will not necessarily get lower, but I think it's getting close enough, so it's starting to become a, a difference. So if we go back 20 years when, when gamers were having ISDN, even though DSL uh, was available, after a while, DSL got uh, got so close, it was worthwhile of moving moving out of it. And I think what we're seeing now with 5G, the potential is there to drive uh, 5G to a technology that behaves like a wire, even though it's wireless. Okay, I interrupted you. Can continue telling me about the amazing things we can look forward to. Yeah, so I think that the, these things, uh, we were into gaming, so I think we covered some, some of the aspects there. We uh, The other thing I think will be with the low latency thing, I think we will the lower latency open up for, for new applications where, where things are talking to each other with um, without um, that is hard to realize today. I would imagine that one of the biggest things is when we when our cars are driving and, and support mm. making sure that um, cars don't co collide with each other is perhaps the cheapest way to build uh, traffic capacity in, in urban areas. The problem in, I have in Dallas is not the four lanes on the highway, it's like they're down to two when they're wrecked during rush hours. So with, with 5G and, and the low latency, cars can start communicating to each other. So actually perhaps preventing these kind of things, not necessarily driving the car for me, but making sure that I take better decisions, helping me in taking better decisions so I don't run into someone. So it's almost um, like the, the Internet of Things that we've been thinking about in the home, like 5G will allow us to be the Internet of like the whole outside in real life world all over. Exactly. I, I think you're you're onto that, and and connecting thing. I, another thing I think is very like very cool thing about 5G is you can start replacing wires. Uh, I saw some statistics for for Super Bowl over the weekend here. There was 4,000 miles of wire. That's roughly 90 yards for every spectator in the in the stadium, so, and, and 2,000 close to 2,000 Wi-Fi access points. If we can start reducing those numbers for the amount of fiber we need to put in and uh, reducing the amount of, of or radios, even for high performance. That, I think, is uh, something that will be very exciting to see. Well, and then, so I've been asking you about consumer stuff initially, but we're almost getting into this. It, it, there, there maybe is even more of a revolution potential uh, on the industrial side or on the non-consumer side. Yeah, I think we, we've seen that we... But Ericsson, we started to see the, the, the discussions for around four years ago when companies started to approach us and say, what's the next big thing after four? What is this five thing going to look like and how can we leverage it? So you're starting to see that there's a big momentum in a number of different industries as they approach and going through their digital transformation. They're interested in seeing, well, how can we leverage the future connectivity? And is it something that will open up for new doors beyond what we've seen? So a lot of businesses uh, in a variety of sectors are looking at 5G as something to, to trigger um, what well, they can do. So we're, we're talking about things like in manufacturing environments, in safety, and uh, things like that. Like, what are, Give me some of the wow factors or potential that, that 5G would allow in those areas. 
Yeah, I think the the wow factor there is, for example, in in the manufacturing sector, that's the uh, the manufacturing plant bits today is definitely we connect the key things with um, with wires, but most of the other things are unconnected. In a in a wireless manufacturing scenario, you can uh, a you can get get rid of a lot of wires, so that your your the, the your production line becomes more flexible. You can start of connecting other things that you haven't connected before. We are connecting screwdrivers uh, to see that they, you apply the right amount of torque whenever you connect something to a circuit board. Wow! And um, so, and that is important because that that otherwise you you those those screwdrivers you send them in for for maintenance repair more frequent than they really need it, and you don't really are able to track if if you're attaching the the board with with the right uh, torque. So there's a number of these different things that uh, you, if you go into it, you can find small things here that you haven't really thought about. For example, we've, we've been involved in one case where for jet engine turbine blades, when you're milling, those ones takes around 24 hours, and uh, the yield is roughly 75%. So Monday through Wednesday, you, you get out the blade, Thursdays, is, 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 it doesn't come out. And, and the cost of that, the, the, that scrap cost for something that you've been milling on close for 24 hours is very, very high. So if we could go in in those kind of processes and notify exactly when there's even a tiny vibration, take uh, corrective actions immediately. So that's where the one millisecond latency comes in to taking those ultra-fast decisions so a whole whole big block of uh, material don't need, need to be wasted. Um, one, more, one more thing that I, I've been reading about is... Um... 5G has been engineered to also be more reliable, right? Like, and, and, and to survive, you know, act of God situations and, and for mission critical infrastructure type things. Is that also something that's built into what 5G can do as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that the, some of the cornerstones are availability, reliability, and security. We're trying to keep that on a very high level. So for example, we, We've done some some of the pilots in mines where you have self-driving trucks. Then you can uh, have those trucks uh, operated by people sitting in a room, almost like uh, playing video games, and uh, remotely operate. Uh, so it's remotely operated right now. Sometime in the future, it might be uh, self-driving. But by remotely operating equipment in harsh conditions, uh, th that require that is up and running the whole time. And that can fairly easily be, be achieved with the... Uh, with a, a network that's coveraging, covering where the mine is and whatever we need to do to make it a little bit more reliable than, than in the past. Well, and, and also things like doing remote surgeries and things like that, that that's part of this as well. Yeah, I think remote surgery has of, often been used as, a, as an example to showcase. It's perhaps easy for people to understand what the low latency and that if you're a doctor that you're, well, if you move a hand at one end, you'll be moving at the other end at the same time, otherwise become become complicated. Those uh, showcases uh, perhaps demonstrate what can be done with the technology over time. But as perhaps more classes in your fourth uh, year of the of your your college education, rather than than the first and, and, and second semester in the first year. Um, so finally, uh, the roadmap. I you know. As as we said at the beginning, I believe that we'll be seeing some 5G phones uh, announced later this month, and hopefully, you know, we would be able to start purchasing those this year. But in terms of, you know, the ubiquity of what 4G achieved, um, 
you know, as you said, that it's it's rolling out in a major way this year. Are we five years out from 5G being as ubiquitous as what we expect 4G to be right now? At least in, I'm sorry, at least in North America. No, I think we expect it to go a little bit faster than 4G uh, happened. When uh, 4G happened, it was 33 months between the first launch of the 4G networks and the first iPhone. Uh, we we see that the, ter- the the windows here for terminals are pulled in quite a bit compared to 4G, and we expect that the uh, the 5G penetration here in North America will exceed 50% by 2024. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just a couple years. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, no expect it to happen happen quite quick, and and, and the reason for that is uh, very much that the, um, the 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 pace of the market is more rapid right now, and when you when you talked about 4G. Then you can, as an operator or, or device manufacturer, and then you, you could choose a, a strategy which was a fast follower. Right now, everybody's more uh, trying to move for uh, go for first mover advantages, as you learn so much by being in the market. 